everyone, this is Kina, and today's episode is going to be about learned helplessness and the roles of empowerment and shame in CPTSD recovery. So, um, quick shout out, if you are listening on YouTube or my podcast, please consider subscribing to my Patreon. It's where I post all of this great content, but also a bunch of other content that is not posted publicly. Um, So if you're interested in supporting the work that I'm doing, consider checking that out. And if you are listening on Patreon, then thank you so much for your support. So to start Uh, I'm just going to define kind of what learned helplessness is and and what it means to me. So learned helplessness, I think, is a very natural conclusion from any sort of complex childhood trauma because children in general just lack resources, lack options, and really don't have what anyone would consider empowerment, you know. Um, Kids have to really resign themselves to their circumstances in, in most scenarios. So whatever your family dynamics were, whatever your school dynamics were, whatever situations you were put into as a kid, um, you know, you, you probably had to just kind of adjust to that. And for most people, part of being a kid is not learning about boundaries and really being encouraged to like assert your needs. And, you know, that is, Uh, props to any parents who do that but that's not a part of a lot of people's childhood experiences and there's a natural helplessness that comes with being a kid when you just you know literally legally and physically depend on the adults in your life to take care of you and don't have the right to leave or say no or these different things so if you're if you're raised in um, any scenario where you kind of just had to resign yourself, then there's a certain learned helplessness that comes from that, which is basically like this, you know, possibly not even conscious core belief of I don't have the power to change my circumstances, and the only power that I have is internalized coping and um, you know internalized ways of managing the circumstances and. That's really where a lot of trauma responses stem from is the helplessness that people are in when they develop those those trauma responses. Right. Because kids don't have these different options to like say no, leave, set boundaries. And so when we talk about like the four F responses, you know, like fight, flight, freeze and fawn, um, all sorts of different coping tools like excessive daydreaming, you know, perfectionism, codependency and fawning, um, dissociating and shutting down, whatever it is, like all these different coping tools that people have really originate a lot of the time from a sense of helplessness where, right, like you're, you're responding to your environment, you're responding to your circumstances, but if you don't have the outward ability and the accessible tools to change your outward circumstances, you change your internal circumstances. So these different mechanisms kick in of like dissociation or numbing or daydreaming or um, people pleasing or, you know, like all, all these different things. Um, these become the tools that are resorted to when there's really no actual material way that like you have to change your circumstances as a child so like you learn you learn these different ways of coping and mitigating that Uh, I think it makes a lot of sense it definitely helps me have compassion for myself and for other people like 
you know, it's easy sometimes when we look back on our childhoods, we'll look back on them from an adult perspective and blame ourselves for the way we handled things when we were younger, um, as if we were looking at it now from an, from an adult. And that's why a lot of the times you'll hear therapists say like, you know, well, you did the best with the tools you had. You have to remember the limitations of the tools and the resources available to you, especially in childhood when a lot of these patterns develop. So... By the time you're an adult, um, these limitations aren't the same. You do have certain resources and tools available to you. But what a lot of people don't take into consideration is the factor of learned helplessness that has emerged by then. And learned helplessness is the result of having to just adjust and accept and respond to your circumstances and not having these, these different rights. And people just learn these patterns of like when I'm under stress when I feel unsafe when my boundaries are being crossed my coping is internalized right like I go inward and that means so many different things to so many different people but what it what it all really has in common is that there's a lack of assertiveness and there's a lack of boundaries and those things stem from learned helplessness so A huge part of CPTSD recovery, I think, is um, recognizing how that learned helplessness shows up for you and finding, uh, finding ways to feel empowered and to claim the abilities and the tools that you now have accessible to you that you did not have accessible to you previously. So what are some common ways that like learned helplessness shows up? Um just feeling trapped in situations. And I understand, of course, sometimes there are material ways that people really do get trapped in situations, like trapped in shitty jobs because you have to pay your bills. Um, But there's also a lot of circumstances where adults don't tap into the resources and, and skills that would allow them to set boundaries, assert themselves, or get out of bad situations. And that's nothing to like feel shame or self blame about. It's just this totally understandable outcome from learned helplessness you actually have to teach yourself that you're not helpless anymore that you're not in this like childish position of childish position of um dependency and having to like turn inward exclusively for coping right so learned helplessness i think shows up a lot when people get into situations that make them uncomfortable especially if it would take some sort of conflict or assertiveness to get out of it so i mean you could see this like people avoiding breaking up with someone or ending up in uh dysfunctional relationships but i have also seen this with even like not knowing how to leave a bad job um not knowing how to set boundaries in a professional setting like I remember I got this really terrible, awful job a while ago before COVID, and it it was this really interesting thing because I just had like a really great job, and then um, where I felt kind of like respected, and I I was able to like use my skills and was somewhat independent, and then I tried to get this other job that I thought would be a better fit, and I hated it, and I was very like condescended to and demeaned, and even though I knew in my gut that I wanted to leave and I wanted to like get out of that job. Um, this one day I went in and it was, I had only been there for like a few days, but I had like this really just, um, negative interaction with the supervisor there that just made me like, I do not want to work at this place. And I like texted my boyfriend about it and he was the one who was like, yeah, you should just walk out. Like you don't owe them anything. And I had this like 
anxious response to it of like, can I do that? Is that okay? And I, I can relate that now to a sense of like learned helplessness where I actually had to remind myself in that moment, like, yeah, you actually totally can. Like you have every right to, to walk out of this job. You've only been here for a few days. You don't like uh, how you're being talked to. Like you, you actually have that right to do that. And I did and it felt good, but it took like a, a you know, inner pep talk to get to that point. Um, because of kind of this pattern of like resigning myself to my circumstances and just like dealing with it internally. So um, it takes practice to break those patterns. So yeah, like decision paralysis is a is a big way that that might manifest. Um, not knowing how to like assert yourself if one of your boundaries is being cro- crossed, whether that's in a friendship, with family, with romantic relationships, with work relationships, like a boundary is being crossed and your response is to kind of freeze. I think a lot of people can relate to this feeling just in terms of the feeling of like shutting down during conflict and shutting down during conflict is really common for people who grew up feeling like their voices were never heard, you know? Um, if you feel like your voice was never heard and your feelings were never heard, there's kind of two ways that can go. You can either go the route of like over explaining yourself to try to get your voice heard or just kind of shutting down and being like, never mind, no one's going to listen anyways and having like that automatic response. And that is a result of learned helplessness. Um, the ways that people respond in conflict are often results of learned helplessness because if you felt really empowered to. Um, assert your needs assert your emotions set your boundaries ask for what you want um these different kind of defense mechanisms that people take in conflict wouldn't be necessary but the lack of empowerment that people feel to use their voice and use those skills because of their conditioning and the lack of practice it leads to these like habitual you know shutting down and numbing out during conflict because my voice isn't going to be heard anyways people pleasing and catering during conflict because you know my needs and feelings aren't going to be respected if I try to voice them um all the different kind of like negative or damaging defense mechanisms that people struggle with I think really stem a lot of the time from a sense of learned helplessness and this is why boundaries are something that get discussed so much in trauma because boundaries and assertiveness are are two of the major tools that we have as adults that we didn't have as kids to break those patterns of learned helplessness and to create new um, pathways for how we respond to stress. Okay, so um, now that I've kind of explained what learned helplessness is, how it happens, and and what it looks like, um, I'm going to tie it into shame and how that relates. So I I don't remember if I've talked about this in other videos or not, but one thing that was really mind-opening for me was learning about how shame is an adaptive response to the helplessness of certain childhood experiences. And I'll explain that more. So um, one easy way to differentiate between guilt and shame is that guilt is when you feel bad about something specific that you did whereas shame is a deep sense of wrongness and badness about who you are like I am bad versus you know I did something bad like I am bad core beliefs um, that are based on shame and when a kid is in a situation where 
let's say like their parents are fighting all the time or their parents are neglecting them emotionally or there's abuse of any kind there's chaos and unpredictability like whatever it is um a kid is in a situation where their their needs for security are just not being met they developmentally are just not able to blame their parents for that because um as children especially we have such biological imperative to be bonded and attached to our caregivers like kids are so dependent on their parents and also whatever you've known in your family is just like normal that's just what you're used to and so it just isn't natural for children to um experience some sort of neglect or unmet need and then have the kind of rational reasoning that maybe you can have as an adult to be like, oh, well, my parents aren't able to meet these needs because of their own mental health issues and whatever. Like, that is just um, not how kids are going to perceive it. They're not going to look at their parents as having deficiencies. They're going to look at themselves as having deficiencies. And um, a lot of different trauma writers have written about this as kind of being the root of the toxic shame that is a huge symptom in CPTSD is when your needs aren't met and you're not given the love and security you need, children will naturally blame themselves for it instead of their parents. And this is adaptive in twofold ways, right? It's first of all adaptive because like I just said, kids are trying to maintain their attachments to their caregivers and can't really handle psychologically the um, the impact of like blaming their parents for mistreating them when they're still completely dependent on their parents for life or everything. So that's one benefit. The other benefit is a little bit of a sense of control that you get as a kid because if you are blaming yourself for like, okay, the reason I'm not getting attention is because um, either like I'm not good enough or or because I shouldn't be needing and relying on people those are kind of two major responses that a child might have like either I'm hurt because I was foolish enough to need and rely on other people and so that's my problem and as long as I don't need other people I won't feel this kind of abandonment and rejection or I'm being abandoned and rejected because I'm not good enough and if I behave in a better way or make myself better in some way then I will be appreciated and whichever kind of direction you go with that both of those are based on shame because it's it's self-blaming and it's also based on a false sense of control because either way in those situations you can do something better to get a better outcome right whether it's I'm going to be good and I'm going to be perfect and that's how I'm going to get the love that I need or it's I'm never going to need and rely on anyone else and that's how I'm going to avoid this pain either way there's like a responsibility that's taken by the child in that scenario and that is also an inherent sense of like shame and self-blame for what is happening and again this all really like traces back to learned helplessness for me because um in that scenario a kid is seeking for some sense of control or safety that they can find and these like negative shame-based core beliefs actually evolve out of that right um because by believing it's my fault you're also believing i can do something to protect myself and to feel better and to be okay and all of these different like defense mechanisms that we have in our attachments and our relationships and our coping are these attempts to um, to you know protect yourself as a child from these kind of unmanageable and unchangeable circumstances. So when you take that kind of toxic shame that 
develops in kids in, in CPTSD environments, and you look at that combined with learned helplessness in adulthood, what that looks like a lot of the time is anytime someone is being like mistreated, they're not happy, something is going wrong, their automatic response responses are to A, feel helpless and trapped, and B, to blame themselves and to resort to these different like fight, flight, freeze, and fawn methods. So just to give an example, you know, someone who has this learned helplessness and these shame patterns might get into a relationship where um, their partner ends up kind of repeating some of the same uh, traumatizing patterns that they experienced in childhood. Like, you know, they have a very like avoidant dismissive partner and that's triggering for them or whatever it may be. And instead of recognizing like, oh, this is not the person for me, this is not really like a healthy dynamic, the automatic response is, are are not going to be anything that is empowered like this is what i need my needs aren't being met um i'm gonna set some boundaries or i'm gonna leave the relationship the automatic responses are going to be the same as they were in that kind of childhood circumstance of like learned helplessness like not really feeling empowered to change anything and instead just kind of resorting back to like this is my fault and um feeling a lot of like shame and guilt and just distress and helplessness that then maybe will turn into obsessive thoughts and anxiety, freezing and dissociating, like whatever those different 4F responses are. So learned empowerment is just basically the antithesis to learned helplessness and it's something that I think is a focus in a lot of different CPTSD recovery methods. Um, Boundaries and assertiveness are extremely valuable and I think people really underestimate the value of boundaries and assertiveness because it is not just about being able to have healthier relationships, it's about teaching yourself that you actually have tools and rights and a voice that you didn't have before and this is something that um, influences inner child healing. It gives you the tools to like protect yourself and stand up for yourself the way that maybe like no one was standing up for you or valuing your voice when you were a kid. Boundaries and assertiveness are this really vital tool for any sort of like inner child healing because that is how you give your inner child a voice is like through boundaries and through assertiveness. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different approaches that can be taken, but um, reminding yourself that you're not a kid anymore and that you actually do have the right to say no, the right to leave, the right to use your voice, the right to state your preferences. Um, it's a process of reclaiming like the, the rights that you have and your um, personal power and freedom that was stripped of you and that now you may be like recreating in these ways in your life that feeling of helplessness and having tools stripped from you and so yeah um learned empowerment i think is a good phrase for the treatment for learned helplessness and it is learned like everything else like it takes practice um you have to remind yourself and learn about what your rights are and what assertiveness and boundaries look like and practice those in different ways and I think this is also a good time to mention um, the importance of relational healing because I love the line, what's hurt in relationships is healed in relationships. And if you didn't feel safe to assert yourself and set boundaries in your childhood, um, a lot of times people recreate that because in their friendships, in their family relationships, in their romantic relationships, They'll continue to be close with people 
who really don't support them being assertive or setting boundaries, um, people who benefit from them not setting boundaries and um, maybe take advantage of that learned helplessness. And so um, if you haven't already, check out my episode about relational healing and the importance of finding people that will support you practicing those new skills. A good trauma-informed therapist is a great a great person to um, to start practicing those skills with or friends or partners that are on board with your recovery. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, empowerment and compassion, I think, are two really necessary ingredients in trying to combat that toxic shame. And a lot of the times, empowerment is kind of the antidote to some cert- some toxic shame because I really think that shame arises from learned helplessness in that way that I explained before. So, like, for example, just to go back to kind of, like, a silly example, but I think maybe it helps provide context. My experience with, like, the terrible restaurant that I worked at, before I remembered that I was allowed to quit, um, I was having very, like, habitual reactions of shame in terms of being, like, am I bad at this? Am I dumb? Like, why why don't they like me? Um, feeling, like, judgment about quitting too soon, being like, am I a quitter? Am I the type of person who just, like, quits things all the time? I was having all of this kind of, like, inner critic narrative going off um, and feeling all of this internal pressure to be like, no, no, I have to do a good job. I have to, like, keep going and do a good job. And then I literally, like, had a conversation that gave me the mental adjustment I needed to step back and be like, wait, like, I don't need to impress this woman that I met three days ago that runs this restaurant. And there's nothing actually for me to feel ashamed of right now. Um, And then, you know, like setting those boundaries and being assertive in a direct way. I ended up like literally just um, just talking to her like an adult, right? Like not like a kid that was scared. I was able to talk to her like an adult and say, I appreciate your time. I don't think that this is the right environment for me. Um, I don't feel that this is really a good fit for me, but I appreciate uh, your willingness to train me and thank you so much. And I left and um, the shame and like guilt and anxiety that I felt really vanished with that because it was this silly little but very like meaningful example of me breaking those patterns and Um, not approaching that situation as a kid that was trapped and was being mistreated and had to cope but being able to like approach it as an adult who was like oh yeah I can just be like straight up and just be like yeah this isn't the isn't the job for me like thanks I'm out so um you know that's a a relatively like superficial example but I hope it kind of illustrates some of the things that I'm talking about Um, I'm just going to end this episode by listing off some different things to think about and different examples for how learned empowerment and assertiveness and boundaries uh, can be explored and can be utilized and like different ways that you might be able to work on that. So um, for me, what comes to mind with learned empowerment instead of learned helplessness is um, the right to... Uh, your authentic experience like to just tell the truth about how you feel to share your feelings genuinely Um, the right to seek relationships with people that nurture your growth and make you feel safe and end relationships with people who do not respect your boundaries nurture your growth or make you feel safe that's a huge one (laughs) it's a really really big one Um, the right to ask for what you need Uh, this is like a really big one especially with what I was talking about earlier in terms of Um, people who shut down their needs or assume that their needs are bad and that's why they weren't met. Uh, So reparative experiences where 
you can identify what your needs are in certain like relationships and environments and then vocalize them and be direct about them that's a huge one um the right to just straight up walk out of a bad situation like i think the freeze response is a really good example of learned helplessness um if you relate to being in a scenario where you feel stressed or you feel scared and you just freeze up and go numb and kind of feel like paralyzed that is such a good example of of learned helplessness and that's a trauma response that um, it's also really helpful to work through with a therapist. So as always, I highly recommend finding a good trauma-informed therapist to help support you through these different things. Um, but yeah, the the right to like leave situations, um, the right to end conversations, take breaks from conversations, set perimeters around or parameters around how you're willing to be talked to, um, what kinds of communication do and don't work for you. Um, this shows up a lot in like attachment stuff you know people often don't know that they have the right to assert their attachment needs because they've never had anyone tell them that their attachment needs are reasonable and fair um and there's always been that associated shame and helplessness with it so the empowerment to be direct with either friends or people you're dating or whatever about um, what your needs are to feel secure and supported. The last thing I'll say is that the other really beneficial thing about assertiveness and boundaries and learned empowerment is that the more capable you feel of setting boundaries and asserting yourself and using your voice, the less you will find yourself relying on Um, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn-based coping mechanisms that may be distressing for you because, like I said, those responses are often based on this foundation of felt helplessness and um, needing to resort to these kind of familiar patterns of coping. So um, one thing that I found a lot, like with myself and just with other people that I've worked with, is the more comfortable and empowered you feel to say no to set boundaries to assert yourself to you know all all the different things that i've like talked about in this episode um the less you will have kind of overwhelming shutdown and trigger responses to things like conflict or stress or um whatever like triggers occur um instead of those those kind of triggers feeling completely overwhelming and feeling like they're forcing you into kind of this like repeating trauma pattern um those experiences can end up being really productive because you can approach them in this different way where you feel able to uh speak for yourself and you just feel safer like I think when if you look at it from like a polyvagal theory perspective and Um, an inner child healing perspective boundaries and assertiveness and empowerment help your nervous system relax and regulate because if you know that you're not going to allow yourself to be abused or to end up in um, like a dangerous and unhealthy situation if you know that you have these different like boundaries and skills in place to protect yourself your nervous system is able to like relax it's so much easier to get into ventral vagal which is like your learning and connection mode um i think i've touched on this too in terms of with relationship patterns like you will feel so much more comfortable opening up and connecting with people if you also feel confident in your boundary setting skills because a lot of the walls that people have up in relationships 
can be traced back to this sense of learned helplessness and like if I get too close to someone I'm gonna end up in a situation where I can't protect myself and I get hurt you know and so this this sense of like empowerment and um assertiveness skills really also creates felt safety and felt safety in your attachments in your somatic processing like it has really major impacts on the way that we function uh, when we feel empowered instead of helpless and the way that our like bodies function the way that our reactions function so yeah um, if you haven't yet uh, look look into boundaries and assertiveness and empowerment and um, find a therapist find a coach find friends find people that will support you learning those new skills and um, when you notice yourself falling into a sense of helplessness or being trapped you can use that as a cue to connect with your inner child remind yourself of the adult skills and resources that you have now that you didn't have before and ask yourself um, what it would feel like to change the way that you approach whatever situation has caused this feeling um, and approach it as an adult who has rights and a voice and, and all these different tools and resources and Um, Hopefully also you can build support for yourself and relationships that will encourage you learning those skills and make it safe for you to assert yourself. Like you're not going to get punished or mistreated for asserting yourself. You're going to have people around you who are like, hell yeah, dude, you're doing awesome. So um, I hope all of this has made sense. I feel like you guys can all probably really tell I have ADHD in these episodes because I think I start talking and there's not a single comma or period. I just keep talking for the entire half hour episode but um yeah i hope this has all made sense thank you all for your support and i will see you guys soon